Welcome to the newly launched podcast series Behind the Pouch from the people who bring you the Bigger Life website and online forum. We'll bring you a 30 minute fortnightly dose of honest unscripted chat with a range of different ostomates from around the world telling their stories in their words. I'm Louise and I consider myself really lucky to be a stomacare nurse here in Ireland. And I'm Shona. I work with a dedicated team of people just outside Belfast. Together we bring you just some of the ostomy products that you or somebody you know relies on. So every day Louise and I get the chance to meet with and speak to people with stoma who may have or have had ulcerative colitis, Crohn's disease, bile cancer, or those who just woke up from surgery one day with a surgical scar and a stoma on their stomach. I also happen to be an ostomate myself. And if there's one thing ostomates have in common, it's a unique story. So we want to give ostomates a platform to tell their story. We're here to listen, to learn, to cry and to laugh with a series of people who are defined as ostomates, but who haven't let being an ostomate define who they are. So hopefully this podcast is something for everyone, for ostomates and their families, their friends and people they turn to for support. I'm a qualified stoma nurse, so I'm always really interested in the clinical part of our guest's ostomy journey. But we're not here to get too technical. There's a tribe of dedicated stoma nurses all around the world and we'll always encourage you to reach out to them for, the, for your help. And of course, there's always the community at abiggerlife.com, which is open 24-7 with advice, tips and shared experiences. As official podcast hosts, it's our, social, it's our solemn promise to bring entertainment to your ears along the way. So please join us for some small talk on a bigger life as we go behind the pouch. Our first guest I'm excited to announce is an award-winning bus driver from South Wales, a man who has seemingly embraced life since becoming an ostomate eight years ago. And he has shared many of his own personal experiences in a bid to help others. When he's not driving buses, I believe he can be found spending quality time with his family, fundraising for charity, and posing in front of the camera as an occasional ostomy swimwear model, one that we may we might delve into that later, I'm sure, or giving Paul Hollywood a run for his money with a spot of home baking. His self-proclaimed dad dancing has also graced social media as he finds new ways to keep active and his army of social media followers entertained in life under lockdown. We welcome Keith Thomas to the pod. Welcome, Good Keith. morning. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, Keith. We are absolutely delighted to have you here today chatting with us. Uh, and I, I cannot wait to hear more about this dad dancing and finding out about the motivations behind that. But well, how do I follow that? <laughs> well, exactly, exactly. But we'll delve into that um, in a little yeah. while. But um, sure. Start off, Keith, with just taking you back to the beginning. And um, we would love to hear a little bit more about what life was like before your stoma surgery. Okay. Um, back in 1999, I um, started as a coach driver, passed my test as a coach driver, and I spent many hours sitting in buses waiting for passengers to come back. And it's um, a bus driver is a snack in life. And you don't realize everything creeping up on you. Um, and I didn't realize the, how often I was actually going to the toilet. And um, I had a couple of years there where they were ha absolutely horrendous. You know, some days you couldn't go to work, some days you could go to work. But you don't, you just think it's a bit of um, bad belly or whatever. And it was only in 2008 that they actually, um, 
did diagnose me with a with ulcerative colitis, and that was because I turned up in um, a hospital, severely hydrated. I didn't even realise how hydrated I was, and um, they kept me in for six days. Oh wow! Um, yeah, this was um, this was horrendous time. I have to be honest. Um, yeah, at the at the same time, my um, eldest son had a little boy and sadly didn't make it. No. So with me being stuck in hospital, I couldn't get out for six days, so I couldn't see them. Yeah. It was quite tragic at the time. Um, thankfully, my amazing wife, you know, made sure my children were okay. But uh, when you're trying to deal with one thing and then something else comes along, it, it can be heartbreaking, you know. Yeah, it's a lot to deal with. Yeah. It was, it was. Yeah. And, and how long How long did you suffer like that for, Keith? I must have suffered like that for about um, nine, eight or nine years. Oh, and yeah. I say, you didn't, I didn't actually know what it was because you just go to the doctors. And okay. to be honest, back then, Crohn's and colitis wasn't the thing, you know. Mm-hmm. I'd, mm-hmm. I'd certainly never heard of Crohn's and colitis. Okay, so you feel there's a lot more awareness, you know, in recent times and in, I suppose, your kind of latter years of Crohn's and colitis, you feel that, you know, kind of people are seeking that little bit more help nowadays, whether it is for, you know, kind of online support and whatnot, people may be getting hopefully help earlier. Crohn's and colitis is on everybody's lips these days, you know, the way -hmm. way everything has come on in the last eight years due to social media, without a doubt, you know, that... Mm -hmm. um, when I was diagnosed, there was very little information about. I can honestly okay. say that. Yeah. Um, compared to today, it's everywhere today. And it, it's just thanks to people raising awareness, you know. Like yourself, Keith. So, yeah, exactly. Like and this is how it is. This is <laughs> yeah. sharing the, you know, you, you never know how you can, you know, help the next, as they say. Because, yeah, times of dehydration, times of mm. hospitalization, times of a quick fix, we'll say, easily done and to recover and get back into the swing of real life again. But the mm. fact that, you know, you got help and you got a, I suppose, a diagnosis really, you know, is amazing to think, you know, here you are today. So, you transitioned then at that really difficult time. And, you know, tell us a little bit more then about, I suppose, well, your journey to becoming an ostomist. Yeah, well, basically what happened in 2008, um, I was diagnosed. So I spent four years on, I think it was about 20 tablets a day, you know, um, nice. immunosuppressants, steroids. I had the um, moon face. It was horrendous four years. Again, mm-hmm. um, I was very lucky. I had fantastic employers um, in a factory. And they even sorted out the toilet for me. And um, if I didn't come into work, they understood. I honestly, I had an horrendous um, uh, work uh, record. <laughs> I was hardly ever there. But I say they kept they kept mm-hmm. the faith. They kept my job. And then in 2012, four years later, after um, being on the tablets for four years, I suddenly had very severe cramp in my legs one day, and that passed and then the same time the next night this happened again so i didn't feel too good rung the hospital they saw me they rushed me into hospital uh they realized something was wrong and it turns out my bowel was about to perforate so i spent they spent the next 10 days uh pumping me full of steroids and um x-raying me every day just to stop my bowel perforating and thankfully they did it was this time i met surgeon 
And mm -hmm. he said, uh, we've had a look, he said, and your bowel is no good. We cannot save your bowel. Mm -hmm. So he said, um, you'll have to have um, surgery. Now, I'd never heard of a stoma. <laughs> no idea what a stoma was back in uh, 2012. Mm -hmm. But he explained it to me. It was fantastic the way he explained it. And um, he gave me a choice. He said, you could either have um, a stoma for life and have everything else taken away, or you could have, we could build an internal pouch for you. Mm -hmm. um, he said, uh, go away, do a little bit of research the next few days, he said, because we will be operating in the next few days. Well, at this point, I was very lucky. I got to speak to two people, one who had a pouch, and he told me about his lifestyle, a youngish man, and a lot of his lifestyle, I'm not sure if it's the same now, but a lot of his lifestyle at the time was uh, drinking shakes all day. And I'm a lover of my food. Mm -hmm. And he basically didn't do a lot else. And then I talked to an oldish guy, older guy, who had had um, a colostomy for 40 years. And this guy was amazing. He was fit. He was healthy. He went to the pub and had a drink. He ate everything. He worked on building sites. And I thought, ask me, one operation, mm -hmm. one recovery. Yeah. I'll have a bit he of had that. the big yeah. knife. Uh -huh. yeah. Sounds great. So. Definitely. And Keith, could I just um, just clarify with you? I think you'd mentioned there that at this stage you were working in a factory. Yes. In a factory going, office. So you yeah. had to leave your job as a bus driver? No, basically what happened, I was driving coaches and mm -hmm. um, I decided I wanted to become a plumber. Right. So I... See how I know it gets complicated. <laughs> in my 40s, I went back to college for two nights a week um, for four years and I qualified as a plumber. I did a little bit of work in, in plumbing, and that's when the real illness started to hit me. And I realized, mm -hmm. well, you can't, this is going to sound funny, but you can't take somebody's toilet out if you need it in the next few minutes. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah. yeah so, um, so I previously I gave up the bus, the coach driving. I went into a factory to work, and then when they realized um, I was having problems with the plumbing, they asked if I would come back to the factory in a more senior role. So luckily, this is what I did. I went back to the factory, and I was in the factory for the four years that after my diagnosis. You know, So it, mu it must have been meant to be because yeah. um, I'd have been unemployed. Otherwise, there's no way I could have carried on with the plumbing. The plumbing was my dream. But yeah. Uh, Little did you think you'd be, you know, so focused on the plumbing internally and your, oh, you know, other yeah. systems. <laughs> no, you I do, <laughs> I do link the stomach care world a lot to the plumbing, you yeah. know, and kind of say it's how our body is plumbed right now. And that is literally it. It's, it's funny how life works, but it sounds like it's been kind yes. to you in every sense of the word. Well yeah, done. Somebody was, somebody was watching over me, I think. Yeah, it still is. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Everything yeah. for a reason. Of course it is. But I'm course glad that you were, you know, that you were so well looked after in your work because that definitely makes a difference to people doesn't it well it really does well that's what happened I went back into the factory I, um, and I was still working there when I had my operation I had a 10-hour operation to make my ileostomy yeah and then after that um, they said there was a six-week recovery period I was back in work six weeks to the day after oh, my wow. operation they gave me light duties obviously sitting playing with a computer and uh and after about a year, I decided a factory wasn't for me anymore. I, I need to be with people all the time. So I applied for bus driving. 
which is very different to coach driving. It's service right. bus driving. Mm -hmm. And I went, I applied for a job with First Cymru Buses. Didn't know if I'd get it. And they gave me the job straight away. And the, the hardest part was going back to tell the people in the factory that I was leaving. Mm -hmm. But in fairness, my boss turned around and, and she said, go and be the best bus driver you can be. And I, that, I've done that for her. You have proved that. Well that done. That is lovely. And Keith, initially, can you know, do you remember your days following surgery? You know, just those initial few days, you know, do you remember those well? Do you remember the <laughs> feelings, et cetera, that you were going through? Yeah, um, my dad. Uh, sadly, we we lost him last October. Uh, he was eight. He was eighty nine. But my dad actually turned up outside the um, operating theatre, mm -hmm. and he sat there for the ten hours I was having the operation. Oh, wow! When when I woke up, he gave me a kiss. He said, "I know you're okay now, son," and he left, which was truly amazing, you know. <laughs> but, That's a lovely story. Yeah, they took me up to the ward and. Um, as I was coming round from my, my haze, I could see the television, and I'm a big football man. <laughs> I was more concerned about watching the football, the international <laughs> football on the tennis. <laughs> Who's got the control? Who's got the control? I need was it. Was it Swansea playing per chance? <laughs> no, I think it was, think it, was um, it was England and Wales, and I'm questioning. Oh, I'm sure Wales won. <laughs> well, probably. <laughs> yeah, but I was more concerned about that. So, um, yeah, I uh, th the next couple of days I was in hospital, I basically took the ward over, you know, oh. <laughs> as I do. <laughs> very good. Very so good. it didn't, did it didn't impact. Support? Sorry, Louise. So, yeah. did, you so, did you have good support from your stomach care nurse? Uh, yes, I did. Yeah, that, that was fantastic. She she was more, um, she was really wanted to get me to learn how to change the pouch myself. Um, I was quite anxious to get out to there and go home, you know, and start my new life. And she said, obviously, you can't go home until you can change the pouch yourself. And she showed me once and that was it. I just, right, I'll do this now. And I, I've done it ever since. You know, I'm very um, hands on, let's get on with it sort of thing. But yeah, they, they were great. They were actually great. Mm -hmm. Very good. And do you remember feeling any particular difficulties or any particular worries at, at the initial stage just after surgery? Not at all. No, no. I'm I'm um, I know everybody's ostomy journey isn't or will not be the same. Yeah. Mine is totally, totally positive. I totally embraced it from the start. This is my new life. It's just a different way of using a toilet. Yeah. It's a bag. Do you know what I mean? That's I can look after it, and, and that's that's yeah, that's the way I look at it. It's it's just it's just another way of going to the toilet. And do you think that 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 attitude, you know, that, that obviously you you've had that positive attitude. You decided you spoke to two people. One had uh, a stoma, one had the the J pouch, and you decided no. You knew then and there this is the way I want to go. I want to have the stoma. That positive attitude. Do you think it, it, is that what has helped you Without get through it all? Without a doubt. And um, I still use my um, social media for positivity. I don't, if I have a bad day, everybody has a bad day. But if I have a bad day, I don't put it on social media. Okay. People don't want to hear about how ill I am or how I'm suffering. They want to hear good things, you know, and they can aim for the good things. You, okay. you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. yeah. This, this is me. Absolutely. 
God, you sound like such an inspiration as you are and well done. And everybody's so lucky to have you out there, you know, to be able to reach out to the likes of yourself and all those other people that, you know, are there to answer yeah, questions for people, you know? It's just me and the way I was brought up, you know, I'm one of six children. I'm an identical twin, actually. Wow. Um, but yeah, but um, <laughs> two of my family have, um, my younger sister has very, very severe Crohn's. Um, she has refused surgery, which is, it's everybody's choice. Do you know what I mean? It's not mm-hmm, everybody's mm-hmm. the same. And yeah. my eldest son has just been diagnosed with Crohn's as well uh, back last year. So at le- okay. least they've got, they've got me as support as well. And they see how well I'm doing and um, it does give them good days, you know? Yeah, for sure. Influence for them, definitely. Yeah. So, keep- what, what about, you know, we, we've talked about life before surgery and, and it wasn't good. You know, we, we've talked about the, the initial after surgery. What what about now? How is life now for you? Well, when I was in uh, hospital recovering, now, I've never, I don't read a lot and I've never written down a lot. And I said to my wife, could you fetch in a pen and paper? I said, because I've just got all this stuff in my head I need to write down totally bizarre so I start just started writing about my you know daily things that were going on how I was feeling all this and that and I think it was about a year later um Pelican Healthcare in Cardiff and they were looking for people to share their inspirational stories so mm-hmm. I suddenly realized what this was all about I'd written all this stuff down I gave it to my wife who by the way is a retired teacher she don't let anything get past her, right? <laughs> what comes out of my head and is written down on a piece of paper, but it's not the final draft, believe me. Yeah. So, so she right. edited it all. Oh, she's fantastic. She edited it, and then we sent it off to Pelican. They loved it, and they put it on the social media. And then, mm-hmm. boom, that was the start of it. I shared it. I, sh- I was called a Twitter fiend at one point. <laughs> I was sharing it with so many people. But I shared it on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. People loved it. Um, then I, I was lucky I had other people who um, had similar stories, but they mm-hmm. they were too frightened to put them out there. And they started contacting me. And they someone did actually send me a story. I read it. And I said, let's get that to Pelican, you know. And... Um, we are really dear good friends since then. Uh, it, it's just, mm. it just all started from there, you know, and life Keith. is absolutely incredible. Yeah, you are amazing. And even just that start and you putting your pen to paper and how it all began, you know, it just oh. shows that you are proud. You're proud of your story it's and it's your bigger life means, it? you know, your contentedness. And I'm that just that just says mm-hmm. so much about you, you know, and I have to say just well done. And it's so lovely to hear. It's absolutely just fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah, you're remarkable. Now, a little birdie has told us that yes. um, you have been nominated um, for uh, an award. <laughs> so tell us a little bit more about that. Yes. Well, at, at the end, of, I was very lucky at the end of um, November last year. Uh, well, so the beginning, I was awarded the um, Welsh Bus Driver of the Year in um, a fantastic event in Cardiff. Mm-hmm. And then 
18 days later, I was in the um, UK Bus Awards in London and I took second place. I took the silver. But to actually get shortlisted from thousands of people was incredible. To actually come second, do you know what I mean? Wow. So the, those awards in the bus industry, um, it was fantastic. I ended up on telly and everything. Mm-hmm. And now, and now somebody has um, nominated me for a National Diversity Award 2020. It's in conjunction with ITV. Mm-hmm. And that is in the um, positive was it positive role model in the um, disability award Amazing. now um, people have to uh, vote for me mm-hmm. and to date i this is hard to believe but to date i've had 300 votes amazing i mean uh, how do we vote for you yeah. Keith, what, what, um, where do we go to do yeah. this it's on it's on my Twitter feed. It's on my um, Facebook feed. It's easy to find. It is actually the pinned tweet on my Twitter feed, which okay. I'm sure you'll read out later. We will um, It's not so much about the 300 votes. It didn't matter if it was 20 votes. It's actually I get to read what people say about me, but I I don't know who said it. If you know mm, what I mean. So it's yeah. still anonymous, but. Honestly, what people have said about me, if ever I have a bad day, I just pick up my phone and look at that and read what people actually said about me. It is so humbling. It is so humbling. I know I know, I do this because it's just me. But when you read what other people say about you, oh, it's mind-blowing. It really mm-hmm. is. So hopefully um, they've extended the deadline for the voting, which is um, till the 8th of next month. There are four, four, I think to date there's about 40,000 people nominated in the different categories mm-hmm. and each category gets um, eight people shortlisted. So fingers crossed I'll be one of the eight just yeah. to mingle amongst these fantastic people in, in September, you know. Oh, well done. So proud. Totally. That is just family. We get my vote anyway. And you know, it brings to mind I could talk to you all day. I could actually listen to you all day. You know, I could actually just literally sit back because I'm sure you have a million and one stories to tell. And I just find each and every story, each and every optimistic journey just fabulous. Like it really, you know, how their life changes, please God, more so for the better. Um, but this is just it. I just feel like hopefully, and I'm sure you will reach out and impact. So oh, many of our listeners oh, out there. I, I'm quite sure there's a documentary here somewhere. I have mentioned this in the past. <laughs> oh, yeah, documentary. Yeah, without a doubt. That's it. But I suppose we better wrap up somewhat. As I say, Keith, it's been such a pleasure. You will be getting and hearing great. from us again. You get my vote. And yeah, I just want to say thank you and best of luck down the lines. And we will surely be in touch. Thank you. Yeah. So Shona, I really enjoyed that chat with Keith. I just felt he was just fantastic and hopefully the listeners will enjoy him just as much as I did. Um, The great kind of things that I pulled out from our chat were, you know, the first thing, you know, about the awareness Mm. of the likes of Crohn's and colitis. You know, he identified that back in the early, you know, noughties that the little awareness that was there, you know, the lack of support that was there and how it's changed over the last number of years. Um, there's been you know there is so much support and I think that then in turn impacts you know support awareness it impacts his really valid and most important points that he said about his employer Mm. so you know about having a really supported 
workforce, no matter, you know, what kind of what um, struggles that you might be going through. There's no substitute for an amazing employer. And you could tell he was very much so supported. And obviously the impact of raising this awareness, uh, you know, kind of touches on uh, people in the workforce. So that was just really, really lovely to hear. Um, So people being supported through, you know, whether it is a struggle pre-diagnosis or throughout, you know, your time with your um, stoma or your ostomy journey. Um, And also what struck me was just his positivity, you know, throughout in such a lovely, positive way, despite, you know, kind of the struggles, the personal tragedies that he had kind of early on. It's testament to his character. You know, he's just he's a fantastic role model. And he's embracing his life right now. And I just think, like, he's just kind of really thrown it out there that it's only a very small part of a bigger life. So I have to say thanks again, Keith. Really enjoyed yeah. it. I'm sure we'll have many more chats in the future. I couldn't agree more. Um, a very, very inspirational um, individual. Uh, very, very positive and just really a delight to speak to, I find. So totally agree with everything you've just said, Louise. And again, I'd just like to thank Keith for sharing his story with us today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for our listeners, you can find out more about him by following him on Twitter at KeithTom2014 or checking out his Facebook page at Help Be The Change. If you like what you've heard from our newly launched Behind the Pouch podcast, then you'll be pleased to hear there are more episodes on the way as we welcome more guests from across the world to share their stories. We would encourage you to please hit the subscribe button to be kept up to date with new episodes as they become available. And if it's not too much trouble, please include a rating or a review so that we know what you think. Remember that you can go to abiggerlife.com, which is open 24-7 and has lots of advice, tips and shared experiences. It's free to register. And finally, we'd like, if you would like to contact us directly, you can do so via email. Hello at abiggerlife.com for any questions, comments or even expressions of interest in being part of our podcast in the future. Thank you for listening and please join us again soon.